Hey, what it do, sports fans? Welcome to the Sports Live podcast brought to you by Multimedia Live. I'm Sboom Chigeliso, your host, and I will be joined by various guests on this exciting new podcast to discuss the latest ins and outs of the sporting world. I'm actually doing this episode from a very remote location. Yes, I am in the Republic of Cape Town. And I'm here to gather some priceless content ahead of the Rugby World Cup, which begins this month. You will have to excuse the slight rugby bias at the moment, but there's been a lot happening in rugby. Uh, But we will give the other sports some time to shine as we go along, of course, on the Sports Live podcast. Before we get the conversations I have lined up for this episode going, I want to get into this Apiwe Janji doping issue, and I want to tackle it on a factual basis. I will give you my opinion on the matter a little later, but uh, before I do that, I have to give you the facts. So what are the facts? Simply put, Apiwe Janji, the Springbok and Lions winger, is fighting for his rugby life. In drug laws, unlike in common law, you are guilty until proven innocent. The A and B samples that came back positive for steroids and metabolites mean that Apiwe now has to prove his innocence. I tried to get hold of his agent, Gert van Amerwe, to determine what his course of action would be after the B sample came back positive last week, but my calls went unanswered, unfortunately. However, I read in one of the Sunday newspapers that they said they were, and in quotes, investigating everything. A slight recap, shall we? On the 15th of June, Apiwe Janji was tested by the South African Institute of Drug-Free Sport, SAIDS, and that result came back negative. Then, on the 2nd of July, just two weeks later, they tested him again, and that result is the one that returned a positive sample. This all happened during a time when he was recovering from an injury that kept him out of the Springbok squad for the Rugby Championship. Now, Let me pause here to add a little bit of clarity. It is not uncommon for SAIDS to test athletes a couple of times within a short space of time. There is no policy preventing them from doing so. They are well within their rights to test again. It can be two days back to back despite despite the time frame between the tests. So two weeks, two days, two months, it doesn't matter. It's SAIDS prerogative to do the tests and the intervening periods are really irrelevant in the matter. Now, on the 13th of August, they informed the player that he had tested positive for the banned substance and, of course, all hell broke loose. Ten days later, the story broke and Apiwe sent out a statement denying ever taking an illegal substance. He said, and I'll put this in quotes, I have never cheated and never will. I believe in hard work and fair play. But he also said in that statement, I want to apologize in advance to my teammates and management at the Lions and Springboks, my friends, my family, for the negative impact this news may have had. Now, before I indulge the conspiracy theorists that are roaming social media at the moment uh, and have decidedly uh, invaded my mentions on Twitter, let's delve into the actual substances that uh, were found in Apiwa's system and what they actually say about Apiwa's chances of, um, I guess, wanting to beat this case. Now, uh, Matandi Yoni or Matandi Noni, 
um, is a is a Deanna ball or D ball as it's known in the streets. It's is probably the most rookie schoolboy steroid you can probably find. It comes in pill form, so it cannot be found in other food substances like beef or anything like that. The substance has a 19-day shelf life in your system, so to speak. So after 19 days, it becomes undetectable. He was also found with methyl testosterone. This one can be found in contaminated supplements. There was also now a, a third drug, which is LGD4033, otherwise known as Lingadrol. Now, this is the one that raised a lot of curiosity. It is a non-steroidal anabolic agent. And what does that mean? Well, if D-Ball is a scooter, LGD is a Ferrari. It boosts muscle mass just like steroids, but it does so without the side effects of steroids. That means no cardiovascular effects and other such worries. It reduces fat while adding muscle. It speeds recovery from injury and reduces water retention. It does all this and leaves your system and becomes untraceable after just 21 days. Now, I got confirmation from the CEO of SAIDS, Mr. Khalid Khalant, last week that as far as he knew, Apiwe Yankee was the first professional athlete to test positive for LGD in South Africa. Uh, other high-profile cases around the world include NBA basketball player Wakim Noah and Australian swimmer Shayna Jacks. And for Apiwe to be caught with this highly technologically advanced substance suggests quite a bit. First of all, D-Ball and LGD are over-the-counter pills, so they cannot be traced to alternative foods, as I've previously mentioned. A lot of people will point the finger at the supplement endorsement deal he signed in April, but unless he can provide a sample that can go for lab tests, proving that the, the drugs came from contaminated supplements, it is going to look like he took those drugs voluntarily. Now remember, in the case of um, positive drug tests and the tribunals thereof he has to prove his innocence guys this is how it goes in uh, drug free sport also the cocktail of banned substances he was caught with here were all category one or class s1 substances placing them on the list of chemicals that are banned at all times these substances are never allowed in a player system, no matter what the quantity. Each could possibly carry a four-year penalty. To be found in, to be found with all three puts Yankee in a very, very precarious position. Now, of course, he will have a hearing in the next three weeks or so where he can plead his case. He can either maintain his innocence and provide evidence to counter what Sage already has or plead guilty and take a minimum four-year ban. He is, of course, 25 years old. So if he takes a guilty plea and or, and or if he is found guilty at the tribunal, he will be 29 by the time he is eligible to play professional rugby again. Now, to the conspiracy theorists out there, guys, let me set this straight. This is not witchcraft i and i mean that it's not a joke of all the conspiracies that were flying through my twitter mentions the allegation that he was bewitched easily has to be the most ridiculous thing i have ever heard but anyway i i just had to put that out there also this is not a race issue and cannot be compared to the trouble even Elizabeth is facing regarding an alleged racial altercation in Langaban two weeks back. These two things are really, really unrelated. You can't say that people are out to get a Piwe, but they've allowed Ibn Etzebeth to, to, to get on a flight to Japan to the Rugby World Cup 
you know the evidence against Ibn Etzebeth and evidence against Apiwe is totally you know different in what's come to light also Apiwe tested positive for an illegal substance Ibn Etzebeth was in an altercation and there's a lot of conjecture as to what happened so I mean to make this then a race issue that there's favoritism to Ibn cut it out please guys it's definitely these two things are unrelated once the evidence is out about Ibn Etzebeth's story in Langaban then people will start getting into the facts as for where Apiwe Janchi got these substances from well the onus again is for him to provide the evidence I mentioned earlier that in April he signed an endorsement deal with a supplements company that was entering the market in South Africa this is not to say that the substances were actually in that supplement but if Yankee wants to use this as a defense, he will have to supply the lab in Bloemfontein with the contaminated sample. Now, a former South African international athlete, whom I won't name, told me that smart athletes don't finish their can or container of powder when they are done with a batch. Instead, they leave a little behind just in case there is some contamination so that they can have enough left for sample testing should anything like this happen. Now, whether or not Yankee has done this, we really do not know. Great. Now, I will leave the up here with Yankee situation at that. So, there are many variables and many unknowns at this moment and it is difficult to preempt what will happen in these next coming weeks. But... You can rest assured that I will keep you updated with all the developments. Um, and if you've not done so already, please follow me on Twitter. I'm at smoo underscore And I will definitely, definitely keep you in the loop about this and other main stories within sport. Even if, even if I am in the Republic of Cape Town. Now, let's get to our formalities. Our upset of the week, I will hand this one to Taylor Townsend who knocked out Wimbledon champion Simona Halep from the US Open last Thursday and I will stay with the US Open when I hand over my playmaker of the week which goes to Stanislas Wawrinka for knocking out Novak Djokovic. He is also the Wimbledon champion from the US Open. I know Djokovic pulled up injured but still he was on a hiding to nothing at two sets down to Stan the man. Guns, an essential tool in self-protection or a catalyst for criminality. CliffCentral.com presents GunCast, a podcast that unpacks the divisive issue of gun ownership in South Africa. Join legal expert Martin Hood as he hosts a series of talks with both sides of the gun lobby. Whether you support the right to carry guns or you believe they're a destructive tool that society could do without, GunCast will enlighten and challenge you in equal measure. Find GunCast now on the Cliff Central app, on cliffcentral.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And now to our special interviews. The Springboks are, of course, preparing for the Rugby World Cup. And before they left for Japan, we caught up with Tendai, the beast, Mtawarira, who insisted that even though he is entering his third Rugby World Cup as a Springbok, he is not the dad in the camp. And to find out who the dad is, you have to listen to this interview. Beast, it's the third World Cup for you. Are you Gonna be the, are you saving the best for what should be the last one? <laughs> <laughs> you Yo, never man. know. Who says he's lost? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, who says he's lost, man? 
I am, man. I'm pretty uh, yeah, excited, man. Huge honor, yeah. you know, to be uh, picked, you know, uh, yeah, from my third to sixth World Cup. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, yeah, it never grows old, man, to you know to to uh, play for this great uh, team and represent this great nation. So now, yeah, I'm uh, pretty excited, you know, for the, for the next coming uh, few weeks, uh, yeah, in Japan. So I think for myself, man, uh, yeah, obviously, other two have been uh, some uh, pretty hard, you know, lessons that I've learned. Yeah. Uh, so I'm hoping that you know, you know, all of that stuff that I've learned, you know, I can uh, add value to this team, uh, yeah. this tournament. Uh, you know, with my mind, body, and soul, man. So yeah, looking forward to it. What's been behind your gradual and uptake in form? Because in 2018 and 2019, clearly you, you, you there's been competition between you and Steven, but whenever you've played, it's, you, you've made your, you've stamped your authority each game that you played it. No man, it's oh, it's it's uh, it's awesome to to have uh, you know a lot of good front rows coming through in South Africa. I think we're very healthy in the front row currently, and uh, you know having a guy like Kits like Kitsy, you know, to play alongside. It's never about uh, uh, there's no animosity whatsoever, man. It's all about uh, yeah. giving uh, you know our utmost best to the team. So every time when he when he plays, I support him thoroughly, man. And I can tell you that our relationship has grown. A hell of a lot over the last couple of years, man. So it's never about, uh, yeah, you know, self selfish ambitions or anything. It's all about us becoming the best front row combination in the world, man. So, yeah, for me, it's all about, yeah, working on myself, getting better every time I go out there, uh, challenge myself, you know, over my career to keep on improving because, you know, the game has evolved, there's new laws and everything. So I've always adapted, man. So, yeah, man, so you got to keep on, keep on, keep up with the, you know, with the, the times. What will be different about this World Cup as compared to New Zealand and England in 2011 No, I think obviously now, you know, it's pretty open. You know, there's a lot of teams out there that believe, you know, that they can win it. There's a lot of teams, you know, with a chance. So, you know, at the moment, you know, we are underdogs. And uh, it's, a nice, uh, it's a nice place to be. So we just have to, you know, yeah, speak with our actions out there, you know. So, yeah, there's a lot of... So a lot of uh, yeah teams uh, yeah you know, like I say you know, believe that they can win it. So for us, we're gonna let our our actions kind of speak for us, man. And uh, yeah, for us, it's all about continuous improvement and uh, yeah, getting better every time we go out there and play rugby. All right, beautiful. Cool. Uh, Beast, um, just the fact that this team is gonna rely maybe heavily on on, on experienced players than previous teams might have been involved. With. Of course, 2011 was still stacked with experienced players. In 2015, there was still quite a, quite a lot of experience. But this time around, not so many guys have even played in, 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 a, rugby, in a rugby World Cup. Do guys really come to you and lean on you as one of the experienced members of the team for advice on and off the field? Yeah, no, certainly. No, the, you know, the young guys uh, yeah, always come and ask one or two questions. So you know, it's a huge honor to, you know, to be a senior player in this squad. You know, to impart knowledge into the next, uh, you know, generation, and uh, yeah, I think, you know, for for the lack of experience, we, you know, we lack in terms of the World Cup. I think we make up for it, you know, with the enthusiasm we have in the squad, you know, the exciting rugby we're playing at the moment. So, then guys like Heshaw, you know, you don't have to, to say much to him. He just wants to go out there and play rugby and enjoy himself, and that's what it's all about. So, you know, when you kind of, yeah, obviously, it's, it's a big stage. But uh, when you kind of take everything away, you know, you still got to go out there and perform. You know, it's still a rugby pitch, and you still got to go out there and do your best. You know, pretty much what what got you into the squad. So that's how I kind of tell them. You know, just go out there and give it your utmost best, and don't let anything distract you. So, yeah, man, uh, it's a good squad. 
like a real father figure. <laughs> Skulk is a father figure. <laughs> I'm so <sorry. laughs> Yeah, yeah. But it seems like the, 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 the rapport or the environment is very healthy um, inside the team, you know, uh, from what we hear from the other guys as well, is that guys really enjoy being part of this team and it's translated to results as well, which is important. Do you feel, do you feel that this is almost the perfect setting to go out there and play tournament rugby? Yeah, no, I certainly feel that we've got a lot of positives uh, in this squad at the moment. So, like you say, it's a great environment and uh, an all credit is truly Rossi, you know, for creating that environment and bringing back the culture kind of that was missing maybe in a couple of years, you know, and uh, yeah, I think it's a squad we enjoy each other and uh, yeah, everybody, there's no egos. Everybody wants to do well for the team. Like I said earlier on, you know, between me and Kitsi, it's not about uh, me wanting to start all the time or him wanting to start. It's all about, you know, us trying to be, you know, the best, you know, for what the team needs, you know, on the day. So that's what it's all about. And uh, yeah, then hopefully we can uh, take that forward and get better and grow. And uh, yeah. yeah. Finally, that game in Yokohama is hanging like, you know, a cloud and it's getting ever closer, you know, but it seems like this time around uh, the Springboks have never been more confident going to play the All Blacks because of the last three fixtures where not only have the box been competitive but, you know, gotten results and, and, and put on the performances. How confident are, are, are you guys in that you will come back with a good result in Yokohama? Oh, so it's going to be a, a totally different challenge. And obviously, yeah, it was great to, you know, to have three uh, consecutive you know, games against them and you know, we played well, but you now we're not looking much into the past. You know. I guess for us, it's not really looking at New Zealand or anything. It's about focusing on us as a team, you know, uh, looking at ourselves that you know, we want to improve and we know what we're capable of. You know. So you know, we kind of have, uh, we don't want to be overconfident, but we have confidence. And uh, yeah, just going to let our know, work kind of speak for us. Right. Fabulous. <laughs> Sweet. Thank you. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. Oh my God. That was Attendai, the beast, Mtawarira. Now, over the weekend, I was in Durban again for the Mari Cup final, which was played between Durban Collegians and College Rovers. And can I say, it was probably the best club rugby game I have ever seen. Now, I've not seen too many, but definitely that one ranks up there with the best that I have seen, if it's not the best. It also ranks as one of the best finals in rugby that I have ever seen. It went into extra time, there were tries galore, and it needed an Inichatebe kick from the corner to settle. It was incredible. Now you remember Inichatebe, right? Yeah, yeah, him from the Sharks of Flyhalf, that boyki. He had an amazing game. Kicked like a genius, distributed the ball very well, and... Um, Guess who was also playing there? Our old mate MB Lusaseni, whom we spoke to uh, a few episodes back. That was a brilliant interview. If you've not listened to that interview yet, please go back to Times Live, to our podcast page, go to the multimedia page, to the Sports Live page, and listen to that two-part interview with MB Lusaseni. Your mind will be blown away. Anyway, while I was there at the Mari Cup, I managed to catch up with former Bulls, Cheaters, and Blitzbox winger Trompi Nonchinga to find out what he's been up to lately. Listen to this fascinating conversation.
the drums. Sure, bro. Sure, I'm good, good, good. Meeting you, catching up with you here in Durban. You've been in Durban for a long time, right? Just um, tell us what you've been up to since you stopped playing the great game of rugby. Yeah. Um, well, after rugby, I moved from uh, from uh, Bloemfontein. I was in Kimberley, sorry, the Greek was. I moved from there to Devon. And I've been here for like nine years now. So, I've been running a clothing brand. Yeah. Um, we manufacture clothing from scratch. So, it's mostly uh, um, clothing manufacturing, corporate wear, school wear. That's what I'm up to. Yeah. yeah. Running my own thing, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> obviously. And you prefer to be your yeah. own man. Yeah, I have to. Yeah. How's how's uh, how's entrepreneurship treating you? Uh, it's quite tough. It's got its ups and downs, but uh, you know the game of rugby actually taught us how to be focused. You know? Yeah. And uh, also uh, push through. When things are hard, that's when you that's when you get harder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You played in the era of the greatest, what's now considered the greatest pools dynasty yeah. of the time. Uh, yeah. To use common language. Mm. Um, what was it like for you, Chepia Sapopolo, to A, make it that far, that far in rugby and, and, and to witness yeah, that, that, that dynasty that I was speaking of? Like yeah. You played with O'Brien, Habana, O'Victor Matthew, O'Aquanandinane, O'Kori Dupree, O'Bakis, you know, those guys. Yeah. What was it like, bruh? Yeah, for me it was, uh, it was quite a great achievement because, you know, the year I arrived at the Bulls, that's just um, two, a year before that they just won the Cutter Cup for the third time. Mm. So for me it was really great, uh, um, great experience. There uh, were a lot of us there. Yeah. It was great competition, very competitive. Um, but it, 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 it taught me a lot, you know, how to, how to survive around other people at the same time, focus on yourself, hard work. Um, yeah. And you... Perhaps, probably, maybe because of the injuries, you had hamstring trouble yeah. maybe yeah. throughout your career. But you were also a prolific try scorer, right? Did you, when you left, did you feel you did everything you could have in the game? In rugby? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, in everything I do, I give my best, you know, my utmost best, and I've got no excuses. So um, I gave the rugby everything I, I had. Yeah, uh, yeah. On and off the field. When I was injured, I put in the work. When, when, I, when I went back, into the field, I, I gave my best, and when I got injured, I always kept positive and came back again. Yeah. So um, I, I, I might say I gave everything, everything. Yeah. yeah. Was everyone and things when they think of Trumpino and Chinga, like they really do imagine like a, a try scoring winger, but you didn't start as a winger. You started as a scrum half. As a scrum half. Yeah. <laughs> the transition. How was that? Yeah. Um, well, my, my uncle Rallo to mention him. Uh, Kolegi um, Le Khalo. Yeah, which I just learned, yeah, by the way, by yeah. Kolegi Le was your uncle. Yeah, he taught Unbelievable. me. Unbelievable. Taught me every skill, taught me how to be patient, taught me how to put in the hard work, yeah. when not to, and when to rest, and all of those things. You know? Yeah, yeah, taught, yeah. So I looked up to him, so I wanted to be a scrummer, but they told me I was very tall. But luckily, <laughs> a scrummer, yeah. But luckily I could run as well. So my pace and, and the skill of the scrummer, and then when I got to Bloemfontein, uh, um, they moved me from scrum off to, to wing. And it was, it was not a, a bad transi transition, but at the same time, it, 
you, you, you get heartbroken when, you, when you're in your comfort zone right. of loving something that you're doing. I used to love playing the scrum of position until they moved me and then I had to learn and get over it, and, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you didn't do too bad as a wig either. Mm, I enjoyed myself at wing. <laughs> yeah, I had more time, more space. Yeah. And obviously everyone is giving you the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. all the responsibilities with, with other guys. So. so like there's a lot of opinion like out there with regards to Lendwana or Cheslin, Colby. Yeah. Some people saying that he can be used as a second string scrum half moving from wing fullback. Is it, is it possible or is it too late in his career? Well, it, it, it is possible. He's, he's, a, he's, he's really a nappy guy. He looks like he can move around. Yeah, 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 but you yeah. see, uh, I don't believe it's the right time now. Yeah. It's World Cup time, it's crunch time. Yeah. You don't want to be chopping and changing players into positions. Yeah. Uh, um, let those players fit in whatever, they, in whatever position they were in. Yeah. And then after the World Cup, you've got another four years to test and play those players in different yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, positions. Right now, I don't think he should there. Wing and fullback is perfect for him for now. Let him do the job. He'll do well. He's a finisher. He's a skillful player. And uh, he's not bad on defense as well. He's proved himself. Very good on defense. Uh, so I don't think we should really move him to to, uh, to scrum up at the moment. And squad-wise, what do you think chances box um, at the World Cup? Um, I, I think our, our 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 hardest pool at the moment. The, the, when I say the pool, I mean the team that we will be competing mostly against. It will be the All Blacks. Not looking, not 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 saying other teams are not. I know will not be strong enough. But you yeah. know, obviously, All Blacks are always our competition. So um, that's going to be our, our hardest. If we can pull that one off. I believe we could. We have a 98% chance of taking the World Cup. I yeah. know the England is looking very well now. Yeah. Uh, Wales also looking good. Um, Ireland is looking very good. Yeah. Um, but if we beat the All Blacks, because you know it's always about the, the the All Blacks. If we beat the All Blacks, you you can cruise. Yeah. Now phenomenal, bruh. I really hope we we make a good push of it and and see uh, and the boys do do very well. And I I, I hope your uh, uh, textile and clothing business also springs up. You also do kits for rugby teams as well, like winter rolls as well. You know, so in a way, you're still in the game. Yeah, I'm, I still communicate with the rugby, uh, yeah. rugby fraternity, and um, we get some work from a couple of guys. Hopefully, we'll, in the future, we'll get a lot of work from all other teams. You know, sure. But yeah. Obviously, it's all about marketing and getting out there. Yeah. And uh, but we we we're doing mostly corporate. Right. 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 Uh, at the moment, and and obviously sports where we do athletics teams as well. And yeah, we we we're, not, we're getting there. Yeah, and people thought you were crazy when you start, wanted to start your own uh, sportswear brand. Yeah, it's always crazy until it happens. You know, uh, people, <laughs> you know what I want to say is people, you always believe in yourself and 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 uh, try and think further than you are, not think the way you are. Yeah. In, in 2008, when I when I told the guys I was, I was starting up my own brand and I was gonna run my own my own thing, and everyone was laughing. <laughs> Uh, I think it's about what ten years now. Yeah, yeah, ten, ten, ten years. years. Yeah, uh, ten years. Twenty-two machines. Um, we run two shifts day and night. Yeah, and we deliver. <laughs> yeah, you remind me of a guy you probably would have played with. Um, who, who the bulls winger used to have he dreadlocks. Um, yeah. Ooh. Uh, why am I forgetting this? His uh, name. Um. You said uh, oh, John Mamenza. Yes, Mitza. Yeah, yeah, legend, yeah. Legend. He's another one that just went and did his own thing. 
retired before he was 30 like yourself and um, trying to figure it out in the entrepreneurial space. So it seems like there's something you guys learned in the game yeah. that you took, even though many might feel that you could have gone high in the game, but if you took anything, it is that spirit of self-sustenance yes. and entrepreneurship. Yes. Look, Ahmed um, is a great guy. He's uh, very business-minded. Um, I know he told me a story of under his father that he used to have own taxis and all that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I yeah, did. I, dad, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I know a couple of deals that he did at the time when he was still at the pool. So Mohamed has been quite ahead of, of his time. Right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We, I learned a couple of skills from him as well. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's very important that we have our own ownership, you know, own our own things. Yeah. And that's what I, that's what I decided. You know, I decided when I was still playing. Yeah. So I had to cut my my, my, my sporting time short <laughs> so that when I get to this time at um, over 30, yeah. I'm able to sustain myself and obviously we've got kids now when we go out. And any other guy that's doing what, what we're doing, you know, I'm proud of them. Yeah. Uh, keep pushing and, and let's get better. Mameta is uh, he's probably making it big on the other side. So. Yeah, now he's doing well. I yeah. even wrote about him in Forbes Africa magazine. Yeah. Because I like to promote guys that are doing very well. Doing a great initiative, not just a businessman. He helps kids out in the yeah. rural areas with electricity. He has these solar powered bags that companies can use as CSI initiatives. And the kids can charge phones, they get solar powered lamps. It's like electricity in a school bag. And in a country like ours, which half the population lives under the poverty line, that's. Wow. It's an amazing initiative that John and, and his wife, yeah. um, their partners, uh, probably his wife does more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you know, him hey. and his wife have very, been very close for a long yeah. time. It's great to see. It's great to hear. Fabulous, well. man. Yeah. Great catching Thanks, you up man. with a legend. Great, to meet you, great uh, conversation, but I'm sure we'll have many of these. Thanks, man. I hope so. Bless you. That's it for me, Spoon Chigeliso, and you've been listening to the Sports Live podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Do also catch us on timeslive.co.za, as well as Sowetan Live, Business Live. We are also on Iono FM, the Apple Podcast Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. It could be Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, Pocket Cast, wherever. To connect with us, please use the hashtag SportsLive. Share your comments with us at TimesLive or at Sowetan Live on Twitter. A big thank you goes out to the multimedia live team led by Scott Peter Smith and producer Paige Muller, as well as the Tiso Black Star Digital Sports Department, headed by Ninawa Mchana Ntoko. Our sound and audio mixer is Innocent Manike. From us at the Sports Live podcast, it's goodbye for now. <laughs>